0: Well, good morning. Thank you for being here this morning. I uh, think you'll have to forgive me this morning. We're not going to go directly into a passage of Scripture. feels like there's a lot of uh, explanation that I need to do before we get into our what is a brand new series on consistent character. But I need to, to go back and to explain a little bit how this uh, series came about. Talking to Pastor Brian, he came and asked if, uh, if I could continue in this class. I said that I could, but I was going to have to uh, figure out what I was going to talk about during this time. We like to have a series ready. I didn't quite have a series, but um, since I do a, an hour radio show every day, And I I write a lot of, um, you know, what what amounts to about a 30-minute sermon every day. I said, I have a lot of material. What I can do is I'll go back, I'll I'll take a look at all my material, see if there's maybe a common thread running through anything that that I can uh, use for a series. So I started to look through it, and I was about three or four outlines in, and I thought, I'm I'm talking. I seem to be talking about Christian character a lot. So then I got five or six or seven or eight or ten or twelve outlines in because I've done hundreds of these shows, and um, and I realized there's a there's a lot about Christian character, and I kind of I started wondering why that was why why was I I didn't as I obviously didn't do that on purpose. It's kind of a new topic every day. Depends on what I've read in the scripture or whatever. It's it's not. There's no um, there's no consistent theme of the program. And then I started thinking about okay, when I say Christian character, why am I saying that these outlines are about that? And I started looking up. I looked through some some commentaries and some books um, regarding verses that I thought were about character, or that I that I assumed were about character, and they are. Um, and I, I looked at some people actually sent me materials um, about character. And I started looking at definitions, and, and I wasn't quite finding what I wanted as far as a definition of Christian character. So I did something that I would usually do right from the beginning, but it didn't happen to this time. And I just Googled it. Definition, Christian character. And oddly enough, the first thing I clicked on has an amazing definition of Christian character. I thought, that'll work. That will work. And it sort of started to consume my mind over the next few days as to, well, I need a little bit more information about this, a little bit more information about that in regards to Christian character. And then it was on December 30th. I didn't know exactly whether I was going to be teaching that day or whether we were having a combined session. It turned out we were having a combined session. But I got my outline all ready for that day. I had, it, I had it just the way I wanted. It was something that I had taught on before. And then it turns out I wasn't teaching that day. So that was fine. At least I was ready. So I was ready to go. And then since that day, I've started to add a little piece to the outline and a little, another little piece to the outline and another little piece to the outline. And now it's, it started getting a little out of control. (laughs) And so I said, I'm going to have to stretch this out. And so I'm really going to piecemeal this morning's uh, lesson where I thought it was going to be a nice compact unit. Instead, I'm going to piecemeal it together. And I had the first piece that happens to be on my phone here. And it's just because I was able to, to scratch it out quickly on my phone. So I want to ask the question to start, what is Christian character? Because that's the thing that I've been asking myself over and over and over. I think I know what it is, but I didn't have it in words. So quick Google search. You can Google that for yourself and you'll probably find this. I can't remember the name of the, uh, the website that I found it on. But here's what it says. Character is defined as strength of moral fiber. A.W. Tozer described character as the excellence of moral beings. As the excellence of gold is its purity, and the excellence of art is its beauty, so the excellence of man is his character thought that was an interesting way to say that. Persons of character are noted for their honesty, their ethics, and their charity. Descriptions such as a man of principle or a woman of integrity are assertions of character. A lack of character, on the other hand, is moral deficiency. Persons lacking character tend to behave dishonestly, unethically, and uncharitably. A person's character is the sum of his or her disposition, thoughts, intentions, desires, and actions. And this is when I got to this part that I started to understand why so many of the programs I was doing day by day were touching on character. Because if you talk about a person's disposition, their thoughts, their intentions, their desires, and their actions, you're kind of covering the whole of life. And that's what it says next. It's good to remember that character is gauged by general tendencies not on the basis of a few isolated actions. We must look at the whole life. And so it's, uh, it's kind of hard to title a, uh, a series in Sunday school, Your Whole Life. <laughs> what are we going to be talking about in Sunday school? Well, your whole life. I thought we'd talk about, we'd just confront that issue in Sunday school. But that's really what we're talking about. Your character, the whole of your life. And so I want to start where I would never recommend anyone start. If I was talking to somebody about doing preaching or public speaking or presenting, I'd say, don't, don't start there. That's not that's a bad idea. I'm gonna start at the dentist office. It's a bad place to start. It makes people feel uncomfortable. Nobody likes to go to the dentist. The, the, the dent, why would you start at the dentist? And it's because, strangely, a, um, a dental hygienist said something that I've been thinking about for probably 10 or 12 years. I'm not joking. I think about this periodically on a very regular basis. Again, strange, strange thing. She's looking at my teeth and, she's, uh, and looking specifically at my gums. And she says, now, our, how often are you flossing? And I said, you know, not exactly every day, but fairly often, you know. And she said this to me. And this is what I think about all the time. Well, you're going to have to be more religious, And I had an aversion to that term because what we hear all the time is in biblical Christianity there's not about religion, it's about relationship, right? And so whenever you hear the word religion, you go, oh, not uh, religion, I don't know about religion. But she wasn't talking about the definition of religion that's related to following some religious dogmas or something of that nature. What she was referring to is the definition of religious that means extremely scrupulous or conscientious. She's referring to that definition of religious. Now that sounds good. I'm for that. I'm for being extremely scrupulous or conscientious. Because scrupulous means and it's about a person or a process, it means diligent, thorough, and extremely attentive to details, very concerned to avoid doing wrong. Does that sound good to you? Conscientious means of a person wishing to do what is right, especially to do one's work or duty well, and thoroughly relating to a person's conscience. So this is why I think about this regularly. Am I being scrupulous? Am I being conscientious? Folks, that is directly related to our character. The people that I think of, there are some people that spring to mind when I think of character. Does that happen with you? And I think of people in my life where I go, that was good Christian character. And usually, they have they, I defined their character as good, high-quality Christian character because of some habits that were a result of them being scrupulous and of con- being conscientious, particularly about what God said they ought to be scrupulous about and they ought to be conscientious about. Is that not the truth? Now I have another I have another made up story that's going to serve as an example. Okay? What if I were to tell you and this is not true, but what if I were to tell you my grandma's getting up in years. She's uh, she's getting to the point where she's in the nursing home. She's been there for a while. And she's going downhill. She's not doing well. But I've been very scrupulous. I've been very conscientious. I visit her every day in the nursing home. I uh, I take the newspaper. I stop by at the store on the way there. I buy a newspaper. Grandma likes to read the newspaper. I take her the newspaper. I get her a cup of tea because she likes to have a cup of tea. I make sure that she has that. I sit with her. If there's something in the newspaper that I need to read for her, I read for her. And I do that every single day. Very conscientious about it. I do it every day. What are your thoughts on that? Is that, is that good? It's good. And what if you were to ask me, what's the reason you're doing that? And I were to say to you, well, because grandma has a lot of money, and when she kicks the bucket, I want her to give it to me. You see how your world just changed there for a moment? The whole world just changed. The entire scenario was altered fundamentally and foundationally by my motivation. Because at first you thought, Well, what a good grandson. Isn't that nice? He goes he goes to be with his grandma every single day. He didn't have to do that. So nice of him every day to be there. That's great. And as soon as I gave you my motivation, even though the actions did not change, I still brought the newspaper. I still read her the newspaper. I still brought her a cup of tea. I still talked to her and I still did it every day. Nothing changed about my activity, but everything changed when I told you my motivation. So let me tell you something about religion. Religion is not necessarily about the activity it's about the motivation behind it we know this because there actually could be some if i were if if a person were to be doing something with that kind of motivation there actually could be legal implications for that couldn't there if I was basically trying to get in the good graces of grandma when she was not of her sound mind, just so she would put me in her will, I could be legally responsible for nefarious activity. See, society even sees this as very, very, two very, very different things. So be careful about religiosity. And so this morning... I wanna get to the very basics, okay? The very basics, when we're talking about Christian character, and I'm gonna ask the question, because this is the same question I got from the dentist probably 12 years ago, should I be more religious? Now, be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. Don't go tell uh, Pastor Walton that I was telling you to be religious this morning and uh, that I was uh, uh, contradicting something that we say often, that it's about a relationship with Christ. That's certainly the case. You're never going to be religious enough to to, to, to get to heaven on your own. I'm not talking about that. Not talking about that. I'm talking about developing habits activities, things that you do all the time that will improve and impact your Christian character. Because we say it's not about religion, it's a relationship. And then when someone asks, okay, how do I maintain my relationship with Christ? What do we tell them? Really, what do we tell them? Read your Bible, pray every day and you will grow, grow, grow. But remember the story about grandma. It's about the motivations for doing those things. And we do not we do not develop habits to gain favor with God. We develop habits because we're so thankful to God that he saved us by his grace. And we say, I need to I need to be the kind of person that he wants me to be because of this wonderful grace that's been given. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And I love God so much for him first loving me that therefore I want to go forth today and have this form of religiosity, the form that's about being scrupulous and conscientious, that's going to help both develop my relationship with him and form my Christian character. Okay? Are we we clear on what I'm talking about? So then I started to do something else. Then I started thinking about what takes me off track and that brings attributes into my life that would not be consistent with good Christian character. Meaning, examining my own sinful behaviors. And why do I think and act the way that I do? And I realized that it had some relationship to the habits I was forming or not forming or the things I was participating in consistently or not consistently enough. And I looked at Proverbs 4.20 because I knew this passage talked about the things that were in my mind. It says this. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Consistently be thinking about these words that are being given. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Remember, I taught this is in Proverbs 4, 20 through 27, by the way, if you wanted to go there. Remember, I said that this character is about your whole life. And then I noticed that this said, for they are life unto those that find them and their health to all their flesh. And I had been thinking about the word healthy Christian character as well. And then it said this, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. I said, now we're getting down to the bottom of it here. Now we're getting to the bottom of Christian character. It's about what is in the heart. Remember the story about grandma. If one thing is in my heart, it's good. If another thing is in my heart, it's terrible. It's awful. Everybody condemns it. They go, that's, that's awful. What are you doing that for? But it says to keep your heart with all diligence. This is is not where I want to start, because the first place I want to start is uh, on our relationship with Christ. But if we, this morning, we're talking about those of us who already know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. If we just assume that, I would say that if we want to maintain Christian character, this is A good place to start. Keeping your heart with all diligence. This is a good place to start. I don't know if it's the primary or the main one, but it's a good place to start. Put away from thee a froward mouth. Perverse lips put far from thee. And then I just, I, I I can see this picture. And there's something about the character of a man who does this. Let thine eyes look right on. And let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Hey, that sounds like being scrupulous and being conscientious. Ponder the path of your feet. Think about where you were going. And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. And I thought, that sounds like a person who is at least on their way to developing good Christian character. Okay, now here's a piece I added in. I don't know if it fits. I don't know if it fits. But Pastor Jared was talking about a passage one day. I think it was in one of our uh, staff orientation meetings that we had. And he brought, um, I think it was Pastor Jared who was reading it. And it was from Titus chapter three. And I read this passage in Titus chapter three, verse eight. And it said, this is a faithful saying. And these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God, right? I was talking about those of us who've already believed in Christ. They have believed in God, might be careful to maintain good works. The ESV uh, translates it this way, to devote themselves to good works. Be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. And I thought another character passage. This devotion to good works can be the result of good Christian character. And it can also be an aid in helping us build good Christian character. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Sometimes the habits reveal that you have good character, and sometimes they're a means to getting us to a place where we'll have good character. It's interesting how that all works. If it is evidentiary in nature, sorry to use that word, but if it's evidence of your of your good character. It will also be a tool for maintaining good Christian character for character needs constant attention. It's why the passage that I just read said, keep thy heart with all diligence, work at it. If it would be remedial in nature, <laughs> another big word. And so that's all I could think of at the time, meaning, meaning, You're 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 trying to get yourself on a path. You're saying I'm seeing deficiencies in my own life, and I'm trying to get myself on a path where I'm following God rightly. Sometimes a very good thinking process when you're trying to get yourself into a good habit, so that you will have better character. But if it's remedial in nature, it uh, this. Comes out of a person realizing that they need to devote themselves in this way because what they have seen in themselves is a deficiency. Now, at the beginning of the passage, I found this interesting, at the beginning of the passage, it says, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. The constant affirmation that's mentioned here is directly related to that which was found earlier in the chapter, and I won't read that chapter for you because I've got a lot to get to, I've only got 15 minutes, but. Earlier in the chapter, it's talking about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ saved us by his grace. In fact, it says earlier in the chapter, it's not by works of righteousness, but which we have done, but by his mercy, he saved us. So it's, I mean, it's absolutely declaring to us, do all the righteous works, the the righteous works in quotation marks that you want to do. You're never going to be saved that way. It's by his mercy. And then it says, what men ought to do is they ought to devote themselves to good works. That's all contained right in that one passage. And the key thing is the understanding that you're not doing the good works to be saved, but you're doing the good works because of a great sense of relief and, and you could wrap all kinds of things up into it and thankfulness and praise and wonder that God has saved you and a love for God. So many things that cause us to do good works that motivate us because of salvation. It seems to me that a person of this understanding of this kind of devotion to good works is a person that could be regarded to have good Christian character. And so we want to get back to the very heart of things, some things that we already know, some things that we almost shouldn't even have to reiterate, but we must And that is some habits that the scriptures tell us, not once, not twice, but many, many times that we should maintain. And the first one is in regard to the scriptures. Of course. I wouldn't want to have any sort of discussion on Christian character because it wouldn't make sense without mentioning that the scriptures need to be at the heart of it. For how can we even define good Christian character without the scriptures? It'd be very difficult. God told Joshua when he was preparing for the biggest challenge of his life and ministry. When he was following a great leader in Moses and he had some things to confront on the other side of the Jordan River, things that would be difficult, things that would be hard, battle. He said to him in Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Hey, be scrupulous, be conscientious, be religious. That kind of religious. Day and night go to the scriptures. Why? That you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Remember some stuff that God told me? How does that make me any better at the battle? Doesn't improve my skills. Seems like I need to practice with the sword or something. No. What he was talking about is addressing Joshua's character. I follow a, a sports team. If you don't know anything about Major League Soccer, you might not know this sports team, but I follow the Seattle Sounders, Major League Soccer, and I'm a a real fan. I watch all the interviews with all the coaches. I watch all the interviews with all the players. I follow every game. I know every lineup. I know everyone who's on the roster. I'm a real fan of this team. And I noticed something. They've been a championship team, and they've been a good team. They're one of the only teams that's made it to the playoffs for 10 straight years in any of the pro sports in the United States. Very few teams have done that. It's not the point. The point is, they will say things like this, and it's astonishing. They'll say things like this This player, they may not be the best player in the league, they may not have the most skill but they have the kind of character we want on the team. What are they talking about? Wait a minute, no, they're wrong. They have to be wrong. Because in order to have a championship team, you have to have players who have the best skill, right? You gotta have this, this player's gotta know how to do this, this player's gotta be able to be technical on the ball, he's gotta be able to make good passes, gotta be able to make finished chances when he gets opportunities, no. They don't always talk about that. There has to be a a certain level of skill, certainly, to just be a professional. But they talk about their character. Folks, these people are not Christians. They're not Christians. They're not talking about, they won't be in this uh, adult Bible fellowship learning about good Christian character. But what they realize is there is some factor that's more important than the skill level. There's it's clear it's clear and that's what this is saying work on your character and then in these things that you're going to face on the other side of the Jordan River they're going to be difficult and they're going to be hard and it's going to contain some battle and some difficulty and your leadership skills are going to be tested but meditate in the scriptures day and night because then you'll have good success. If you were to go to the beginning of Psalms, we talked about Psalms in this class and previous uh classes, and we don't need to rehearse all that except to say that in Psalm 1-2, it told us if we wanted to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, we would meditate day and night in the scriptures. It's interesting that it's trying to give us a habit of both day and night meditating on what God has said. And the tree planted by the rivers of water looks to me in my mind's eye as a successful tree. Prayer. Prayer. Boy, these are the basics, they're the basics. I don't know what to tell you. Luke 18, one says that men ought always to pray and not to faint. How often ought men to pray? Oh, always. Night and day, no, always. Sounds religious. If you mean conscientious, if you mean scrupulous, yeah, I think so. If you mean with the right motivation, I think you're right. Later on in Luke, chapter 21, verses 24 through 36, it says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and with drunkenness and with the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. It's talking about judgment coming and man ought to always pray. And then... 1 Thessalonians 5.17, which simply tells us this. Pray, just in case you were mistaken about praying always, this one tells us pray without ceasing. When can I stop? Don't ever. Don't ever. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I understand about an, an attitude of prayer. I understand that. If you've ever gone throughout your day and uh, just said, Lord, help me with this. Lord, help me with that. I I understand that attitude of prayer. But I got to think there's more to it than that. We better talk about church. Better, Better talk about church as well. Luke 4 is not usually somewhere where someone would take you on church attendance. But I noticed something about the Lord Jesus Christ in Luke 4, when it says this in verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about, And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up for it to read. We think a custom is, but I looked it up. It means he did it every time. That's what a custom is. You do it every time. I thought that interesting that he makes a custom of something. He stood up, stands up for to read the scripture, and he makes his way to the synagogue on the Sabbath day it's a habit we of course know hebrews 10 25 which says we need to consider one another so that we can provoke unto love and good works and not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together some people obviously do that it says the manner of some is but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching how much gathering together in this kind of a meeting do we need? So much the more. Because the day is approaching and is sooner, is, is closer at hand today than it was yesterday. Or Acts two forty six and 47. And they, speaking of the early church, continued daily in one accord in the temple and in breaking of bread from house to house, And they did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. But notice that they continued daily. They made a habit out of this thing. Service for Christ. Just a couple of more things. Very base and foundational. Service for Christ. This this is my favorite verse. Verse. I would say, for lots of reasons. But it says in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. therefore, my beloved brethren, it's talking to those of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, be steadfast, unmovable. Sounds like good character. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Work hard and do it all the time, because here's what we know about Christian service. It's not in vain. It's not in vain. Two minutes left, and I got one more point, but three verses. See what we can do here. Witnessing and disciple-making. We talked about being a disciple-making church. Here with Pastor Walton. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. It's pretty all encompassing. Mark 16, 20 says, They went forth and they preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the words with signs following. They went everywhere and preached. Matthew 28, 19, and 20 says, teach all nations. Verse 20 says, teach them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded. And then Jesus said, and I am with you always. That's a great thing. Don't, don't uh, do any of this religious activity Don't be conscientious and scrupulous without Jesus. Okay? He says, Go and do all these things, but I am with you always. You know what's missing in the religious exercise that is apart from real biblical salvation? It's rather who is missing? That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Never go about trying to build character, trying to build habits that will build character without the Lord Jesus Christ. Be more religious? Uh, It depends on what you're talking about. You're talking about being scrupulous, being conscientious. Oh, I think so. I think so. This is the start of thinking about good Christian character. Don't think you can leave out habits. Don't think you can leave out things that God said do habitually and be on your way to good Christian character. Let's pray. Father, thank you this morning for your, uh, your care for us how we think about this Christian character that we want to develop. We don't want to develop it apart from you. We don't want to um, just do some things that will uh, make our life better. Uh, Certainly not the the, uh, intention. The intention would be to know you more, to know you better, to be able to glorify you, reflect your attributes in the world. For that's what your purpose is for us, and um, we do it because we love you. We're thankful for what you've done for us. And it's our reasonable service. Help us to think in that, those terms. In Jesus' name, amen.